Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. We've got a crazy week in the football world coming up. We've got conference championships in college, four playoff spots on the line in one weekend, and we have the game of the year in the pros between San Francisco and Philadelphia. BetOnline Sportsbook has you covered with all the odds, props, promos, and parlays for this big weekend in football. If you use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, when you make your first deposit with the link in the description of this episode, you can get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit and you can use that 50% welcome bonus however you so choose maybe Washington's going to win the final Pac-12 championship maybe Alabama's going to upset Georgia maybe you're taking Philadelphia minus three and a half against San Francisco once you make that deposit your 50% welcome bonus is available however and whenever you so choose bet online where the game starts All right, everybody, however and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of Wired Up here on the Take It Easy podcast. This is Wired Up episode 149 here on the Take It Easy podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody. I hope y'all are having a fantabulous, fantabulous Black Friday weekend. We are coming to you live on this wonderful Friday, and we've got some bonus content to share with you here on the Take It Easy podcast. We are fresh off of a couple of chaotic football games that have stuck in my mind And we wanted to share some of the fun projects we're working on here with you. Because from the very beginning, you guys have come here and supported our dreams when we were making podcast content through the pandemic and learning how to do this sports talk radio thing. And uh, now we have all sorts of fun opportunities at our disposal that we did not have in the past. And that includes the opportunity to join my personal friend and in a way friend of the show because he's been on this podcast a couple of times. Our friend Emil Fragoso, who is a, a works with me at the radio station in Sacramento, covers the 49ers. He and I did a post-game show following the 49ers and Seahawks Thanksgiving game that uh, I got to pick up a nice little paycheck for on Thanksgiving, you know, getting paid to do this dumb sports talk radio thing is awesome. And so Emil and I hopped on the Instagram lives and the Twitter lives, and we broke down the 49ers and Seahawks game on Thursday. And I wanted to share that content with you guys on the show. I know it's a a little bit of the serious, dumb, syrupy sports stuff that kind of goes against some of the silly, stupid stuff that we do here on this podcast. Like what I was thinking of doing is making a 20 minute podcast dedicated to Iowa, Nebraska, the lowest over under point total in history of college football by three points, a game that hit the under and included 14 punts, three missed field goals, two interceptions thrown in the final minute of the game and a backup kicker kicking a game winning field goal for a 10 win Iowa team that has had five of the lowest over under 
over-under totals in the history of college football over-unders. Like, that's the stupid kind of content we like making on this show, and sometimes we like doing serious football analysis. Sometimes we like making you think, being smart, and if you feel so inclined, we appreciate that you continue to listen to us and support our dreams and support all of the wonderful content that we put together here on this dumb, dumb podcasting space. And there's a lot of football going on this weekend. I know the Dolphins are beating the crap out of Tim Boyle and the Jets. We did a whole Thanksgiving extravaganza podcast uh, yesterday talking about the Lions and the Packers and Washington and Dallas. Um, we're, we got Michigan and Ohio State. There's just so much football going on that some of it is getting lost in the weeds. And because we did this wonderful post-game show with Emil following the 49ers beating up the Seahawks, it felt like a great chance to repurpose some of that content and just keep you guys in the loop on this wonderful Black Friday weekend because there's just so much football going on. Iowa, Nebraska is getting booted to the wayside. Michigan, Ohio State's going to have to have its own wired up tomorrow potentially as a semifinal type college football game. There's just so much stuff going on, so much I want to get to and not enough time. And so Emil and I got together and did this fun post game show that we can break down here to talk about the 49ers and where things stand with the Seahawks and Jackson Smith and Jigba's one handed catch and the incredible stat that I found on Twitter that Christian McCaffrey has scored as many touchdowns this season as the entire Carolina Panthers team offense, defense, and special teams included. We've got all sorts of fun stuff that we can laugh at and do serious football analysis and fun stuff that Emil and I got to do uh, living a version of our dreams getting paid to do dumb sports talk content like this after a 49ers Thanksgiving game in which both of us were spending our Thanksgiving nights doing what we love to do, which is being stupid and talking about sports on Thanksgiving holidays. It reminds me of that year that Blake Jude and I did a two-hour podcast to ring in the new year. That was in 2022 after the college football playoff. We did a two-hour long podcast to kick off the new year, and it was stupid and fun and maybe one of the best pieces of content we've ever done was just us shooting the shit at 10.30 at night West Coast time and 1.30 a.m. in the new year of 2022 where Blake Jude is. It's, it's, It's sometimes dumb content like that on the night of a holiday where there's football going on is the best content because we can let it fly and we can really get a chance to showcase just how much how much passion we have for this dumb sports talk space. I, I, this is a labor of love and a passion project of mine. And that's why we wanted to bring this content to you every single day for four years, Monday through Friday. These wired up podcasts were a bonus on top of the Monday through Friday, just having so much fun doing this dumb sports talk thing. And so laughing at Iowa, Nebraska, laughing at 49 ers Seahawks, doing some Football analysis on the Thanksgiving Black Friday weekend is the thing that I have fun doing, and we get to share that fun with all of you on this silly, silly podcasting space. So I've done the syrupy introduction and made my my fair share of Iowa and Nebraska jokes. Let's get to the content with our friend Emil Fragoso and uh, myself following the San Francisco 49ers Seattle Seahawks Thanksgiving Spectacular. Garoppolo drops back to throw. You're gonna lose the game. The seasons come and seasons go. 
The Niners need a change. If you don't throw check downs, you're gonna take a sack. Jimmy G is warming up, yeah, he's your quarterback. No, don't throw it. Interceptions drive us all insane. Phones are calling. Ron Rivera wants to make a trade. If a rookie QB isn't in your plans, just call San Francisco up. They got your quarterback. They say he's smart, and he wins games. That don't mean a thing. If since week one, Trey Lance had played, the 49ers would have had a ring. If your team's rebuilding, talent's what you lack. Trade two picks for Jimmy G. Now he's your quarterback. Kyle, you are at the station. How are you doing right now? I'm doing awesome. Uh, I love that Nate and I didn't overlap exactly on the timing of that. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, we're doing great. We're at the studio. Uh, this is, by the way, for people who, who don't know, this is what the studio looks like when there's literally no one else <laughs> in the building. Like, all the <laughs> are out. There is nobody here. Yeah. And it's awesome, man. I'm just listening to, to Papa and... Tim Ryan do their post game thing. Um, yeah, man, that was pretty dominant. I mean, look, I, I'm curious what you thought about what kind of happened in the third quarter because, like, the, the Tim Ryan had his own philosophy about what happened on the pick six with the I checks. Kinda... Yeah, I was confused with the checks. That was my whole thing of like, why are we checking? Why are we like? Birdie went to it twice. He ran the same check twice, and they did it at late clock too. So as soon as he did it, there was like three seconds left. And then they had to go run to the new play. So they were already rushed. I was kind of like, why did they do this twice? And then Purdy had two inaccurate throws. So Purdy kind of caused it. He must have saw something in the coverage of, like, let's go to this check. But he forced it twice, and he paid for it the second time, which, again, young quarterback, 23 years old, he's going to make those mistakes. It happens. It's just unfortunate there was a pick six. Yeah. I, I kind of like that explanation. And then it, if you look at the box score at the end of the game, mm-hmm. like context is a little bit different, but he kind of put together like the, uh, like the classic Jimmy Garoppolo performance of like 250 yards, two touchdowns and a, an interception. It was yeah. kind of the end result, but the way to get there was kind of winding and twisting and involved some mm-hmm. crazy plays. It, I don't know. It was interesting. Especially considering the Niners in the first half, you know, they had two possessions on Seattle territory. They, they get the ball back, and they don't really do much with it. You know, they, they, they punt out of there. They don't get points out of it, which was really interesting because the Niners had 24 points at half, and yet they could have had more. They could have had 30 at half if they really wanted to. Yet they weren't they, – they just – their offense was clicking, but it wasn't like full strength clicking. The 49ers' defense is so interesting this year. Like, yeah. everything – it's been a roller coaster for them from the start, but like mm-hmm. everything they do just makes me question just how great the defense is. And then you look up and it's like they basically allowed, mm-hmm. you know, 
four points in the entire game. Like, yeah. it was incredible how good they were playing, even shorthanded with injuries. Mm. They had mm. six sacks. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, none of them really stood out. I guess the Hargrave one kind of stood out. But, like, at the end of the game, I looked up and was like, damn, they have six sacks. That's kind of crazy. Hargrave had a really, really, really good game. He's had a really good string of games. Uh, I think Chase Young, while he wasn't on the statue today, really opened things up for Bosa. And Bosa finished with two sacks today, five quarterback hits, two TFLs. Five tackles. He was all over the place today. This was a really a DPOY kind of performance from Nick Bosa today. And this 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 front line and and, and we give a lot of a lot of stick to Steve Wilkes over the over, over the last few few weeks and months about when to dial uh, the blitz, when when to pull back the, the the coverage. And he had a couple weird moments, especially there at the fir first half, to allow that field goal to happen. But two big blitz calls on third down got them off the field there, and they, he he dialed it up really nicely there. And that was really nice to see that Steve Wilkes was harmonizing not only his secondary, but also making it together with the d defensive lines. It was working finally for them. Yeah, and the I think it was the last drive of the first half when the Seahawks like went down the field and it looked mm -hmm. like they were going to get a field goal and then the clock ran out because they had a penalty at the end. Yeah. That was one of the where I was like, okay, they got this. Like, because Seattle, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it turned out to be, you know, they gave them six points back on the pick six, yep. but like if, if Seattle had gone down and gotten any points out of that that's one of those where like they're kind of creeping around you know if that one field goal doesn't turn into a touchdown maybe it's a game but that's the only way yeah that's the only way seattle is going to get in and the defense getting the stand at the end there was pretty good yeah again the bend don't break defense that we saw last year with the niners against the saints against the commanders against all these teams even dallas during the regular season the chargers as well i mean there were so many bend don't break moments for them last year and now it's finally happening again and that's good to see because the Niners are really hell-bent on getting home and then just doing enough in the secondary to make sure the defense up front gets home. That's kind of their whole thing. They're not basing the, their whole, they're not basing the defense on the back end. They're based on the front end. And Jair Brown had a couple up-and-down moments, but he was pretty solid today as well for his first start. Yeah, and, I mean, Traverius Ward was doing an awesome job on Metcalf. Yeah, man. Metcalf seemed like he was hurt at the end, but, like, Metcalf had – Nothing, which is awesome because I'm playing against DK in fantasy this week. So that's <laughs> yeah. a plus. But Traverius Ward kind of came through big, and then he got hurt at the end. But still, like, big game from him. Yeah, man, defense defense is very confusing. But it, it, you can tell that they're, they're, they're legitimately, like, a top-of-the-line defense most of the time. Like that's the, Yeah, especially since the Niners are now number one in takeaways in the NFL this season at 21 on the season. They're, they just, like, they turn, get the ball. You know, and Seattle was also shooting themselves in the foot, too. They had that muff pump by DJ Dallas, which I don't know what he was thinking, trying to get up and then pick it up. Just fall on the ball. That, football one one. Just fall on the ball on a punt return. I don't know what you're thinking there, man. Like, trying to do too much in that, in that situation. So Look at us yeah. man's football to DJ Dallas out here. No, um, no I, it, it, it was just it was, a, it was a boneheaded play by him because just fall on the football. He, he actually had the football again and then tried to make too much out of it and it lost the control again. It, yeah, it was man. just one of those, like, just trying to do too much in the moment. And so you can't be the hero every single play is kind of what the philosophy. But DK Metcalf, he wanted his stats, by the way. Nine targets, three catches for 32 yards. That's it. Yes. yes. Love that. Love seeing that. Uh, mm -hmm. the, only in weeks where I'm playing against him in fantasy. But love, <laughs> love seeing that. Yeah. Um, okay. We brought up DK Metcalf real quick. So I do want to just talk about the, the Jackson Smith and Jigba catch. Because – Good Lord, that was awesome. Good Lord. That, that was not a good Geno throw. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But, I mean, okay, so 
again, I'm here, I'm, I'm working the game. So like I'm getting the Papa call before I see it on TV. Mm-hmm. And Papa is like going like, oh my, he's like selling it like the Niners just made a crazy play. He's like, Jackson Smith, the Jigba just falled off a one-handed catch. I'm like, it can't be that good. And then I see the TV come on like 40 seconds later. Yeah. I'm like, oh my Lord, it's even better. It's it, better than it was being sold. That was ridiculous. OSU receivers, man, they are ridiculous. Like, that's why I'm so, I'm so hell-bent on Marvin Harrison being the next big thing because I'm just like, yeah, any OSU receiver, give me him. He's the, it's just wide receiver university over there. One of my favorite things that happened with um, the C.J. Stroud era at Ohio State was that Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave mm-hmm. sat out a Rose Bowl and oh, the yeah. receivers – went for 300 yards and 200 yards against Utah because they just have that many ridiculous – again, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, two of the best players to enter college football in the last, like, half decade, sat out a – their offense got better. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba is awesome. And I I don't really know how he fits into what they're doing in Seattle. He feels like a guy who will break out once Tyler Lockett eventually leaves or gets well, Tyler Lockett's away. 100 years old now, it feels like, yet still doing his thing. Him and Mike Evans, man, I swear. Yeah, that was the weird thing. So, so like, at the start of the game on NBC, they always give, like, the PFF grades. Yeah. And as I'm going through it, like, I'm watching the PFF grades, and I'm like, oh, hey, that's actually, like, Tyler Lockett, his BFF grade is like top 20 in the league at receiver. DK Metcalf is top 20 at receiver. Uh, Charles Cross is like uh, top 10 offensive lineman. I was He's like, good. Seattle has all these guys on offense. It's they just, do. I don't know why it's it's not bad. because I mean, you, part of it is you have Geno Smith the unfortunately because you have Geno Smith the quarterback and he's kind of regressed this season unfortunately and and Kenneth Walker's been banged you know, up. up and down uh, I do think Charbonnet played well though like Charbonnet finished with uh, fourteen from forty seven not amazing but against this defensive line like it's decent but there there were there were two plays though there was one where he just straight up didn't know what direction he was going and he was blocking the wrong way and two he did trip up Geno Smith as Geno Smith was backing up on a snap. I thought we were going to have a new butt fumble highlight I was so confused when that <laughs> happened I was so confused like, yeah his stats might have been fine and maybe like the the PFF grades will come out and he'll have like this top of the line but the man tripped up his own quarterback and the quarterback stumbled back to the 1 yard line like it's going to be hard for me to overlook just how stupid that play was. And one play where he was blocking the wrong direction. Yeah. It, it, look, he's a rookie. He'll figure it out. That's why they weren't starting him, obviously. Um, but to the Niners, 10 days off, then Philadelphia on the road, then Seattle back home, then the Cardinals away. A lot of dirty birds on the horizon, but it's possible they can go 4-0. It really is. Man, the Eagles game is – is it the is it the – most like the the biggest stakes on a game this season because like the only path for the Eagles to not get the number one seed is by the Niners winning right the Eagles have one loss now no one else has three the Lions should have four yeah like the only path for the Eagles to not lock up the number one seed is that game against San Francisco so you've got that part of it you've got San Francisco being annoying all summer about how if we had Brock Birdie, we would have won that game or whatever in the NFC Championship game and all of it. I, like that game, I'm so excited for. As I'm it's so great, excited great game. to watch 49ers Eagles. It's going to be so nice. So nice. So 
Well, I have some breaking news here from because Kyle's at the podium right now. George Odom, their, their, their stud special teamer in safety, he has torn his bicep, unfortunately, and is likely out for the season. Um, that's the news coming out of Niners camp right now. Unfortunately, that is the sad part of today is that George Odom has torn his bicep and is out for the rest of the season. One of their special teams aces on the back end there. It's a blow. It's not a huge blow in terms of overall like offense defense. It's not like losing Trent Williams or Debo Samuel, obviously. But it's a guy they really, really love there and really appreciate for his special teams ability. Wow. I didn't realize that I didn't realize the injury was that serious. So they pulled him out right away and I knew it was like not good, but I, I didn't think it was like a bad, bad injury like this. And it's 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 bad. Yeah. So a torn bicep he's done for the year. Deep into the Twitter spaces on that, but that's that's really tough for them. I mean, yeah. this is part of the season where everyone loses like a player for the season, but like they've lost a couple big impact players now with him and Ufunga. Yeah. Um, so apparently, from I'm just going through tweets right now because Kyle's at the podium. Shanahan on that deep pass to Brandon Ayuk there in the fourth quarter. That was not supposed to go to Brandon Ayuk. Apparently, that was supposed to be a checkdown situation. And Brock Purdy pushed the ball. He couldn't believe he pushed the ball. And then when the, the pass happened, he was like, yep, that was the right play. That was the right decision. You know what? It's live and die with those decisions, right? Like, Brock, yep. that's how Brock in trouble sometimes. But also, you know, whatever. It worked. Like the, the one that was supposed to go to in Jacksonville, the one that was supposed to go to Kittle that went over his head yep. and ended up getting caught by Ayuk, that worked out. But then they also kind of lost the Vikings game on those decisions. So you live with them, you die with them, it's fine, whatever. Here, here's Rob. the thing, though, is that Kyle has fully put his faith into a 23-year-old second-year quarterback that was the last pick in the draft. And they fully believe that this kid is going to lead them to the Super Bowl. And while I, it's a lot to say he's going to do that because there's so much football up and so many things can happen, especially in the playoffs, you understand why on a lot of situations and throws he makes because he's just so – smart with it usually and that's what made the, the interception and the checkdown so bizarre because it was so not like him yeah it's like I, I joked earlier like he had the jimmy garoppolo stat line of complete 70 percent of your passes 250 yards two touchdowns and a pick yep and if you can do that every game you'll lead this ridiculously talented team to the super bowl like it wasn't that way to get there right no. like if you watch the game it was kind of surprising that that was his final stat line for the game. And they kind of sat on the ball in the second half for a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, Brock made some great throws. Mm -hmm. uh, his passer rating was above average. I mean, yep. not a, there's not a ton. This this isn't one of those games where, like, you're, you're clamoring at moments to, like, prove or disprove the Brock Purdy conversation. Like, he just mm -hmm. kind of played a game. And they were up 20 – they were up, what, 24 to 3 at one point they, in that game? Like, by that but then it was 24-13, and you were like, okay, they have to have a drive here where they settle things down. And I, and I put it on Twitter. I said they have to have a long drive. They have to have a drive where they go down the end zone and score and settle everything down. And guess what they did? They settled everything down with one drive, and that was it. And, you know, that's the thing with the Niners and Brock Purdy and their offense is that in the biggest moments this year, besides their three-game skid, they have come up and made the plays necessary. So while Brock's stat line's not going to read anything special today, and he had some mistakes, yes, he made the biggest throws when it counted, and that's really what's going to matter here. Yeah, that's what counts, right? Yeah. It's the it's the make the throw, and then the thing that you and I have joked about. Kyle Shanahan is a is an expert at sitting on leads. So you just get a lead, and he sits on the ball, and that's what they tried to do. And they needed one drive to make sure that it didn't totally fall apart, mm -hmm. and they got it. And the they threw an awesome touchdown to Brandon Ayuk that put the game out of reach. Like they 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 showed 
to why they're better than the Seahawks. They've won four games in a row against the Seahawks. Yep. I don't even, like, not even disrespect to the Seahawks. Like, the Seahawks are a wild card team in the NFC that didn't have their best offensive option because one Correct. of the things we joke about is that Pete Carroll is making a whole bunch of money by just, like, ripping a heater, chewing the gum, and just telling Kenneth Walker, do something cool. Just do something cool. That's all they ask of him. But they were also asking Gio to be kind of an air raid quarterback in a way. He did a lot of that last year. He was really good at that last year. And this this year he has him in the same guy. Which is weird because he's not playing bad, right? Gino's not playing bad this year. He's just fine. He's just been – he's been all right. He's been not, you know, um, he's – has he been average? Has he been below average? I can't even tell anymore. Uh, his PFF grades are kind of like middle of the pack. His QBR numbers are slightly below average. But one thing that's also yeah. nice is like half the league is on their Tommy DeVito quarterback. So he's been healthy mm-hmm. most of the season. Yeah. <laughs> so just playing all the games is going to make your life easier. Exactly. And the same thing goes with Brock Purdy um, playing all those games. Also, a stat from Kyle A. Madsen. This is the first time in Niners history that they have won at Seattle in back-to-back seasons. That's kind of surprising. I, I guess they it didn't is. used to play Seattle all the time, which is they, probably they didn't because they got included into the into the into the division. And then overall, though, Seattle still holds the the, the all time series over them. I believe it's thirty to twenty one now on the all time series. Yeah, I. So Seattle has now. This is the first extended stretch where Seattle like hasn't been in the playoffs since. 2004 right like I know they okay I know they made the playoffs last year right but they they've now gone if I remember correctly they lost divisional round in 2019 Mm -hmm. wild card in 2020 Mm -hmm. playoffs in 21 wild card last year maybe we'll make the wild card so they haven't won a playoff game in like four years so I guess it's been a while so I guess makes sense in that respect but like i guess the seahawks have been pretty wow the seahawks have been pretty consistently good because they were it's been 20 years of consistency for them yeah. like that is that is pretty impressive even as they they're kind of in this weird purgatory right now of like we we don't really <laughs> like we're we're good but we're we're a well-run organization but we yeah. also don't have enough talented players they're kind of in this weird limbo space they- are they absolutely are chances of the catching the eagles are number one they can lose to the bills it can beat them to get it's look if, they, if the eagles lose the bills this week it's absolutely possible that niners go into philly and get that tiebreaker but then again the eagles have also lost one game this year niners have lost three and that's gonna be matt that's gonna matter here at the end and i i can't pencil a niners win against the eagles i just can't i can't be like that's chalk up to a win it's too close of a game it's too tough of a game it's like and the eagles the only path for the Eagles to not get the one is the Niners catching them because correct they there's no there is no path for them to there is no path for the Eagles to fall out now except for the Niners because Detroit should have four losses I, in my mind they have four <laughs> losses because yeah game yeah them. look oh. so the Eagles rest of schedule the Bills and the Niners obviously and then they have the Cowboys on the road they have the Seahawks on the road. They have the Giants at home, the Cardinals at home, and the and the Giants on the road. They have the Giants and Cardinals in three of the games left. That's probably going to win all three of those games. Let's be honest here. Most, 
most likely. I mean, Tommy DeVito's one and zero in his last one starts. But it's, yes, you're probably right. It's still the Giants and the Eagles are just a better team overall. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Um, so no, Eagles, I mean sarcastic. Yes. I mean, the next three weeks are going to be the Eagles like you can't slip up games kind of thing. They got to really come out of the next three weeks because then they have a, a an easier slate to end the season for sure. Either way, Phil, like Philadelphia, I would guess if you you put the odds on it, they probably have like a seventy five percent chance to be the one seed. I would assume, right? Yeah, that's probably my guess. Yeah, and the Niners too. Now they have a question mark now at safety. That's going to be a real problem because all they have now is Jair and and, and Tashawn without uh, Odom being there. So now they have to go out and get someone. I don't know who is on the market uh, for that. That's going to be interesting to see what they do this week. They'll be come, bringing some people in for sure this week uh, on that. Um, yeah, it was it's it's interesting this Niners team for sure. It really is. Um, but I gotta get to this recap. I gotta get right up here so I can uh, <laughs> go to sleep at some point tonight. Uh, what a game though, Kyle. Any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. So Tin is mentioning that uh, the Bills have Teron Johnson from Sacramento. All I know about Teron Johnson, we like Teron. Pick six in a playoff game, and yep. he's the guy in that viral video that got hit in the face because he looked the wrong way mm-hmm. on the uh, on the right. scouting combine drill. Right. Uh, also, when do the Kings play next? Uh, tomorrow at five o'clock. Our coverage starts at three thirty. So it's if you want to hang out with us, yeah, three thirty tomorrow. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, uh, you you saw it on Twitter. I posted it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey now has the same number of touchdowns as the entire. Carolina Panthers team this season. That's so McCaffrey has registered the same number of touchdowns as the entire Panthers team. That includes offense, defense, and special teams for the Panthers. Yeah, like we didn't even talk about McCaffrey. Like that touchdown run he had, where there was literally nothing in front of him, and he made something out of it and scored. Like, who else is doing that? Like, no one else is doing that. I don't know what to do with that. Every other running back just takes it and goes down, probably. No, McCaffrey just finds a hole and just runs through people. I mean, that dude has no quitting him. He's, like, the, the craziest athlete I've ever seen. Yeah, it's so hard to be a, like, at that position in the modern age, it's so hard to be out there and have it be so obvious that you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like, to have it be so obvious that you are a level above even your peers is yeah, remarkable is. at that position. Like. I don't know. It, 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 feel like, it felt like this game really came down to who wanted it more and who was better, and the Niners are just simply better. They're simply better than them. Yeah. they. I mean, that's going to be the case for most of their games this year. Like, And this is the nice thing. They're going to be the two seed in the NFC. Sorry, Detroit Lions. Like, you're not you're not as good as San Francisco. The fraudulent Lions? What do you mean? The, look, th- this is what I'll say about the Lions. They're going to play their first home playoff game since before you and I were born. Correct. That's a massive success this season. However, they're also going to be six-and-a-half-point underdogs when they play the divisional round playoff game at San Francisco. So, like, San Francisco is going to be the two-seed, and that's going to make their life easier. But they are they are going to be able to beat up teams that are in that second and third tier pretty much any given day. Yeah. Like, they just have a level of depth that is going to make their life easier against – Anyone not named Philadelphia, Kansas City, Miami, mm-hmm. uh, Baltimore, and yeah. Detroit, and Dallas. Yeah, I know. We, me, me, and me and Drapes just had this conversation about power rankings. I had the Niners at two, just behind the Eagles, and I had the Lions. I think at three or four with the Cowboys, and I had to drop them down right away after that loss because I think the Cowboys 
especially today against the Commanders. Wait, the Cowboys. The weird, weird thing is that they haven't won any games against any good teams. They don't win the beat the good teams. They only beat the bad teams. So I really don't know how to assess them. But the only reason why I have them ranked third is because they're like a really complete team on offense and defense. I'll tell. I'll tell you exactly. I'll tell you exactly what the Cowboys are. The Cowboys are twelve and five. They're going to get to play against whoever comes out of the terrible, terrible NFC South, probably the Saints, and they're going to beat the Saints. And then they're going to get to the playoffs and probably play at the Eagles, and they will get smoked by the Eagles. No, sorry, they won't get smoked by the Eagles. They will be down six, no time in order to win the game. That's basically how this one's going to end up going for them. They're they're going to lose to the Eagles by seven in the divisional round, the same way they lost to the Niners by four last year. Yeah, and just like Bobby says in the in the chat, Niners defense makes them top two. Absolutely, I just their defense is back to what they were last year. They're just back to being a dominant force, and every single player is playing a part. Javon Hargrave is coming on strong. Eric Arms is doing his thing. Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner is Fred Warner, and Chase Young. Got, got to re-sign him after this season. I mean, if, he, if I, I'm tell like that guy is special. Chase Young is a special player. Chase Young is like he makes you not want like the pivot from Armstead to Chase Young would be done almost perfectly. Yeah. Like that would be perfect timing, perfect roster construction by San Francisco if they were to make that pivot. I don't know exactly how they're going to sort the whole roster out, but yeah, I mean, I can't believe that Chase Young is even there. I can't believe Chase Young's even an afterthought on that team right now because he's just that physically gifted. Yeah. Uh, Tin asks, is Tavarius Ward okay? Yeah, Tavarius Ward just had cramps. He's fine. Uh, got an IV in him. He's all good to go. I know he's had that right foot issue most of the season. He's okay uh, on that as well. He's just fine. Just some cramping. It happens. Got to get a little IV, a little hydration in you. Um, so down that side. Um, but, yeah, I got to get to this recap. Got to get some uh, Buckeye bookends, of course. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.